Hour number two, Darren, Donick, and Jace on this Thursday morning. Let's head over to St. Thomas Sports Park. Let's hear from Titans head coach Mike Rabel. No, I don't think so. I think he wants to be able to you know, to get down there and to be able to you know, operate and, and call the game from down there. And you know, if that changes, you know, and, and, and that might help us, you know, we'll look to make that switch. But you know, again, the information that we're getting, I, I mean, from upstairs, I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm listening to the, when the play call goes in. Um, you know, I'm comfortable with where that operation is. Jeffrey do yesterday and how uh, how's he feeling today after getting maybe more work? yeah you know that's I think that yesterday was was good I think it was a big step you know the next step for him having been out just to get around some bodies um, some other players um, you know I think that regardless of his I guess productivity or however he looked at practice I just think that it was good that he was able to get out there and move around um, I think he'll be um, kind of on the same path today. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, and I think he's excited about continuing to to see if he can you know, work his way back into helping us sometime you know, here in the near future. Options do you see for, for him in terms of where he can fit on the, uh, on the line? I think he's got some versatility. I think he's got, you know, obviously his skill set, he's a big, powerful man, a really good size. We've been concentrating hard on his fundamentals. Um, concentrating on his pad level, you know, things that, you know, maybe at college just being bigger and faster and stronger, he was able to get by with. And I think with the with, with the injury that was able to, you know, we were able to isolate and identify some of those things. Um, so, you know, we'll see kind of where he fits in. But I think that, you know, there's some places along the front that he could easily fit into. Let's go more three D, D line at times than you, than you have been in the past, or. You know, we could, you know, I think you just try to, you know, look at trying to get the ele- best 11 players out there for whatever uh, they're in and maybe kind of what you're expecting. Um, also, again, I think it's important, um, you know, that he, he's been out, you know, for a while. So it's how much these guys can handle um, kind of just working their way back in there. Will he spend any extra time at the stadium this week trying to get comfortable there kicking? Um, you know, I think that, you know, we kind of leave it up to them and we, we make a lot of suggestions, but the, the most important thing is that he's comfortable. So, you know, I could check with Cody, you know, they want to go over there. They're more than welcome. I just want them to, to make them. I think that's the most important thing. And we talk about that, the, you know, where we kick here, how we kick over there and whether we, whether we kick on AstroTurf and grass or, but it's important that we just focus on uh, those guys doing their job getting a snap back to Brett, Brett putting it where Cody wants it, good protection up, up front and, and making them. What uh, stands out about Rivers and you, you faced him, I know, just a year ago, what is he still able to do at this point of his career? Pretty much anything. I think that um, he's a tremendous competitor, still obviously loves football um, very much. He's got great timing, accuracy, um, toughness. You know, he stands back there. But the anticipation is something that really I don't think we've seen up until this point anybody like that. You know, there's times that the receivers aren't into the picture in the end zone, and you know, he's an re- end zone copy or end zone view, and he's releasing it. And then you know, a couple frames later, there's a guy screaming in there to catch the football. So um, I think he really has an understanding of where defensive players are going to be as it relates to um, 
the routes that he's trying to throw. Harold's numbers look good. How do you feel his impact has been week to week? I think he's getting better. I think he's trying to improve and um, could always be better. I think everybody, you know, defensively understands that it could always be better. Um, But he's done some good things, you know, when we've asked him to drop, um, when we've asked him to rush, you know, set the edge, um, plays hard. So, you know, we're moving around just trying to take advantage of some of the versatility and the skill set that he has. Expanded the repertoire beyond beyond the speed stuff. You think? Um, well, I think he's practicing it. I think that we need to try to continue to work those things so that again, when you go to the game, you have other pitches. I think that one thing that the more you do it and don't rely on just the speed, or you know, you, you, you know, he's run you know some really good games for us. I think that's something that he does very well. Um, but but again, you, as a pass rusher, you have to have other pitches. Um, that, that you're able to throw. Offensive linemen will do the same thing. They'll change up their set. They'll change up their punch, or they'll change up what they're doing. So it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle to try to, to protect or um, rush. How did the offense flow yesterday with Tannehill st- steering the ship with the first team? Uh, I thought there was good energy. I thought you know there was, um, you know, it it did. It looked okay. I'm going to look good. We'll see where it goes today on third down, clean up first and second. Um, but everybody's just trying to you know, to play better, to understand their job better, and, and, and give us a chance to execute on Sundays. From uh, Melvin Gordon, Mike, since, since he's been back. Well, I don't, you know, the numbers aren't where they were you know, last year, but I think that you know, they've, in, they've increased. Um, the number of snaps that he's played increased over two games. I, I don't know. You know, I guess that that could be a trend here going on to his third game, but you know, they have two explosive backs that they'll play together at times. Um, you know, one one will get the ball, and the other one's you know working a jet sweep. Um, they'll throw it to him. Um, they're heavily targeted players, so again, they have two really good backs, and you know, we have to be conscious of, of both of them. Kind of Dub questions today. Aunt Teresa coming back in. Well, well, you know, I figured I'd be crazy with it. Uh, Okun, though, is on the NFI list for them, and he's he's working his way back into practice. Do you have to maybe prepare in case he is on the field for them on Sunday? Uh, I think that that's a little – when you're talking about an offensive lineman, I think that that's you know, a little different. I don't think anything changes from their game plan. And we got zapped. Well, we are uh, having a little trouble with the feed there. Just let us know, Max, when you get it back. So a few things that he's addressing. Obviously, Jeffrey Simmons was back on the practice field. That's going to be big. Don't expect a huge impact right away. Don't know when he's going to play a game, but he did give an update on him. So Jeffrey Simmons, the first-round pick, getting him back. And uh, I, I guess at this point, you know, not too much to say. Much more to say about the quarterbacks from Mike Grable's standpoint, but just a lot of different things and what Phillip Rivers does for the Chargers is what we've heard so far. Arthur Smith is supposed to speak as well, both coordinators, so maybe we'll hear from them. And that the first-team offense had good energy yesterday. Well, that's great. I know. Isn't that fantastic? You know, I mean, not to not to hate on Vrabel or, you but know. But here it goes. Here it goes. But I can't stand it when coaches and, uh, you know, 
do and a lot do this in college and the pros uh jeremy pruitt does this all the time well he had a great practice like we had a really good practice today yeah i don't care it's not translating to games so i don't really care how you practice i mean i know that's important that is it that but it's supposed to carry over and we don't see that it's assumed that's the way i look at it right i mean and especially in college because they don't let anybody watch and if you don't what whatever it's up to you i mean Yes, you have a lot of practices throughout the course of a calendar year. And some practices are going to be better than others, and some practices are going to be hot piles of garbage, and some practices are going to be fantastic. Right. But that's just that's just part of I mean, honestly, what you're getting at, what you're saying is, reality is, no, nobody really cares. I mean, it's really all about the finished product when, when, when it's game time. In this case, they play once a week, and other sports, they play all the time and so it's just about what does that pro- i mean i i know that from just coaching seven and eight year olds i mean last night i told you i was like we had a great practice there's been other times we've had practices i was like what a waste of everybody's time but that's it, what happens right it's that's it's, why i don't really need the head coach to update me on practice yeah i mean so all right let's go back over and see if we got him well that's always something that that happens I mean, everybody calls it differently and um the sound and the inflection that they have in it. And that's, you know, we practice, we practice quarterback center exchange. So with the centers and the runners with each quarterback, um, you know, and then everybody's kind of working the cadence and, you know, we'll kind of explain to it. The quarterbacks will kind of explain to it. Hey, here's how I'm going to say this, or here's how I'm going to go on, on whatever cadence we decide to go on. I know yesterday you said you hope guys get a spark maybe with the quarterback change. Do you, should guys, uh, all maybe look at it as a chance that maybe I could do more offensive line. May say, "Hey, need to block better." Receive. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that we've been trying to say that for a lot of weeks. I mean, just we, we can't. None of us, starting with me, um, can take the approach that well. I'm doing my job. You know, we all have to do a little bit more. Um, and if you're if you're doing a good job, then then we have to do a better job. And then. If you need to correct some things, then then we have to to get going to correct them. So, it, it, it usually things get done by by groups of people all pulling in the same direction, as opposed to one or two people um, trying to figure out ways to get it done. We got to get in in large groups and, and find out ways to win. In your introductory press comments, I think you said something like, "We're not going to run into nine man boxes or anything." <laughs> crazy like that how have you done how's this offense done in terms of what it's done when it's seen box stacked up for there pretty good i mean actually pretty good i mean um it hasn't been great you know we understand you're going to have to run the football um but we've had ways to you know to to read guys to to block them you know to put players in positions to block support to run on corners um so that we, you know, every time we get post safety, which is prevalent defense in this league, um, we don't have to just drop back and throw the ball like a lot of teams. I mean, we see runs defensively when we're in post safety defense, and um, you know, you, you got to get down there and block the safeties so that you don't run it, you know, so they don't end up throwing it um, 55 times a game because the majority of the league is now you know, working and trending towards some post safety defense. Um, so, I mean, there are going to be times where we've had X play runs versus um, post safety defense. Um, and there's been times where we haven't. There's also been times where we haven't run the bell 
well against split safety. But you know, I think as long as you give the players answers um, to be able to manipulate and, and find a way to, to operate some of those you know, gapped up defenses you know, where, where they, if you've got seven in there, they've got seven, you know, I mean, seven gaps, they've got seven guys. Um, if you've got eight gaps, they've got eight gaps. That's what the, you know, the post safeties in the middle of the field, he's got the quarterback. So um, we just try to give them answers and try to figure out ways to either um, get into a different play or, or, or execute the one we have called. Thank you. Teresa, congratulations. Appreciate it. There you go, head coach. Mike Vrabel um, also talking about Harold Landry saying that uh, something we've talked about needs to develop a little bit more than seems to be kind of a one-trick pony and yeah. needs to uh, have some uh, – we were talking with Kirk Gonzalez, have some other pitches, right? Right. Some versi- versatility. He's worked on that. I, I know that um, Teron Davenport and I have discussed that quite a bit, that – he spent a lot of the off season trying to develop some new moves, but it's a process and there's different camps and people that you can train with. Cause that's the hardest part for a pass rusher is if you have one move and then they figure it out, you got to come up with something different. You know, Von Miller has been one of those prime examples of he's been able to be one of the best pass rushers in the league because he continues to develop new moves. So that's something that a second year player like Harold Landry is going to have to do. I've liked Harold Landry's season, you know, so far to this point, I think there's definitely room for improvement. He can continue to get better, but you know, he's um, he's been fun to watch and was somebody that I was really expecting to have a big year. We'll come back more on the other side. Darren Donick and Chase on this Thursday morning, ESPN one oh two five the game. We've talked about it this week that the two of us feel like we've got more intrigue about Sunday now. I, do. I don't know how everybody else feels. I can't get a really a good feel. I've been trying to gauge, like, is the interest level up because of the news, or is it still a lot of people going, ah, you know, why is it really going to change? I, I don't know. I can't tell. I figured I would see a little bit more of an uptick, and maybe I just haven't been looking in the right places. We've taken a lot of calls on the subject matter. I just, I'm not sure... If it's translated, I don't have any clue if it's sold any more tickets. I just find myself going, I am a lot more intrigued about how this is going to look and how it's going to play out on Sunday. And, oh, by the way, it happens to be a really big game. We had a – toward the end of the show, if you weren't listening yesterday, Jimmy Shapiro, betonline.ag, the next coaches to get fired in the NFL. And it's the first time we've seen a list that had Mike Vrabel on it and, yeah. and high up on the list. And, oh, by the way, the coach right in front of him was Anthony Lynn. Right. Both co- it, was, and- it was Dan Quinn, Jason Garrett, Anthony Lynn, and Mike Vrabel. Those were the top four names in odds in Vegas in the sports books for the next NFL coach to get fired. So this is a critical game. The loser drops to two and five. And once again, we know the Colts last year, their start, it can be done. Two and five is not the end of your season. But the loser of this game is in big trouble. Big yeah. trouble. It's not quite a loser leaves town match, but it's close. It's pretty darn close. I mean, because what we were saying yesterday about the, this Titans team is, yeah, they're two and four. They're making a quarterback change. The offense is just stagnant. Nothing is going right for them have scored, what was it, seven points in ten quarters. So you, you don't feel great about it, but you're still very much in it. 
you're you are in contention right now in the AFC South in the wild card. So it's not the end of the world. You just have to turn it around, and it starts this week against the LA Chargers. I I am intrigued because I just want to see if there's something with the offense that gets sparked because you have Ryan Tannehill under center. That's all, and I'm not saying he is going to come in and just light it up. I was looking at his stats that he had a really good game last time he started against the Chargers, and they won, and so, okay, you feel good there. Obviously, a different circumstance. He's on a different team. I just want to see something get going. I just want to see the offense move the ball, You know, whether it's with Derrick Henry, whether it's through the air. I just want to see something um, productive out of this offensive unit, and maybe a different voice under center can do that. That's what I think the Titans are trying. So I'll give Mike Vrabel some credit that he's taken a lot this week, but at least he's he's looking at it. Okay, we got to do something to help us win and spark this team, so he's making the change. We talked about this yesterday, too. Their, their history, not good. No, I uh, so I looked through it, and I'm pretty sure they've won one game since they've been the Titans. Well, let's just start in 98. 98 over Vanderbilt, they actually lost to the Chargers. That was with Ryan Leaf under center. Okay. I was at that game, and that I went, his holy, rookie year? holy crap, Ryan Leaf just beat the then-Tennessee Oilers. Then, kind of just going through quickly in my head, the next time... They didn't play a lot because of the way the divisions were. So, Let's you know, see. I was looking so through So, 99, yesterday. there was no meeting, right? I want you to yep. kind of play along with me. 2000, now these were obviously two 13-3 no, seasons. No meeting. No meeting with the Chargers. Then there was a 7-9 and nine season. My guess is probably the Chargers are on that. Nope, nope. they're not on there. 2002, an 11-5 season. They are not. Not see no. Two thousand two, two thousand three, twelve and four. Nope. No meeting. Two thousand four. There we go. They lost five and eleven. That was the year they had all the injuries. They were going for it one more year, and they had all the injuries, and it derailed their season. They played out in San Diego and lost thirty-eight to seventeen in early October. That was the 2004 season. 2005? Nope. Nothing. 2006? Yep, lost. Yep. Second week of the season, out in San Diego, they lost 40-7. to That was 2006. That was the Vince Young rookie year. Yep. They got off to the 0-5 start, and they ended up with an 8-8 eight eight record. So that is 0-3, right? Yep. 0-3, and we're counting the 98-year over at Vanderbilt. 2007? Two meetings. One in the regular season, one in the playoffs. Both, Both L's. Losses. Lost so in overtime. They in the lost in season. overtime here late in the year in December and then went out to San Diego and they just li- they could not get anything going offensively. Nothing. And didn't Marty Schottenheimer end up getting fired after that, that season? Because wasn't that the – was that the 14-2 and two year and they beat the tie- – I can't remember. It was somewhere in that time time frame. So the Chargers won the playoff game. In fact, I remember watching that game in New Orleans. We had just mm-hmm. landed in New Orleans. We were down there for the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Well, the national, Probably. Yeah. yeah. It would have been, been the, Sugar the Bowl. national championship game. So that was two years or, or two games in one year in 07. <clears throat> so that's two more losses. So that's what, 0 and 5? Mm hmm. 2008 didn't play. 
Nothing in 2008, 2009. Lost on Christmas. Here. Here. On a Friday. Friday night, and they got blasted. 42-17. That was in 09. That was an 8-8 eight eight year. That was the Chris Johnson 2,000-yard season. Yep. And that was actually... That was the game before they went out to Seattle where he broke the record, the yeah. final game of the year. So second to last game of the year. So that's 0-5? What is that? 0-5? No, 0-6. 0-6? 2010, I was at that game out in San Diego, Phillip Rivers. I'm not even kidding. 0-7. Was throwing to nobody you've ever heard of. Like their entire wide receiving core was banged up. They were calling up practice squad guys. I was at that game in San Diego in – it was on Halloween, and the Chargers won 33-25. to That's in 2010. 2011? Didn't play. Nothing. 2012? Second game of the season? Lost. 38-10 to out in San Diego. That was a 6-10 and year. They got mopped in the second game of the season, 38-10, to after losing to New England here to start off the season. 2013? They won. They won. And that was their first win. That was the third game of the season? No, it was not their first first win against the, the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been Jake say, Locker. If you remember, they started off playing Pittsburgh on that Thursday. Was that a Thursday night game? No, it was a Sunday game. Was it? Mm-hmm. Start off the season? Yep. And they won. Yeah, you're right. It was. And they I, lost in overtime. They beat the Steelers. I thought it was a Thursday night. You're right. It was a Sunday game. They beat the Steelers. Lost to the Texans in overtime and then came back and beat the Chargers in 2013. So there's your first win, 2014. Didn't play. Nothing. 2015. Nothing. No game against the Chargers, 2016. They lost. They lost. Uh, First week of November, 43-35 out there. That was, of course, uh, that was Malarkey's first season. Is that when? Uh, in 2016? 2016, that was Malarkey. I believe so, yeah. 2017? Nothing. And then, and last, then last year. In London. They lost in London. So there you go. One in, what was that, 12 or one in 13? Yes. Since they've been here. Yeah, it hasn't been good. That's unfortunately their record against the Chargers since they've been in Nashville. We'll come back. Former Titans wide receiver Rashard Matthews is expected to join us. He played with both Mariota and Tannehill. We'll talk to Rashard next. Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game. Former Titans wide receiver and Dolphins wide receiver Rashard Matthews is indeed on the line. Rashard, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Been a while since we've talked to you. How's... uh? How's life for you these days? Like I said, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely been a while. Uh, life's good, you know, just uh, hanging out, uh, doing the family thing. Uh, my son started preschool, so I just enjoy, you know, being home, uh, watching those everyday moments, and uh, yeah, pretty much. So everything's going good. You out west? No, I, I actually live in uh, South Florida. Okay, you're down in South Florida. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Um. The news, it's been an interesting week because obviously you you know that that Marcus Mariota has been benched for the first time in his career. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starter against the Chargers, which is a unique perspective for you because you played 
with both guys. Let's start with the guy that that that's been here and they drafted second overall. What what did you make when you when you heard the news? I don't know how much you're watching these days, but were you surprised of the news that came out in the last forty eight hours? Uh yeah, I've been watching a little bit. Um can I say I was surprised? Not really. Um I think I think it it's I think Marcus has done well. I think, you know, um, as far as, you know, bringing the organization, you know, what what they've all been wanting, it's been kind of ups and downs. But, you know, uh, like I said, I don't think I was surprised. Um, maybe as soon as it came, maybe, yeah. But um, it is what it is. You know, they, they, they want to win. Um, I think I think the move was, uh, you know, a good one, to, if, if anything, to put a fire under Marcus's butt and, and you know, see if, see if he, uh, you know, he's really – one uh, be in that that uh, that position to lead the team and uh, you know uh, come on greatness from everybody. So uh, you know what I say, I was surprised. Not really. They've said all the right things, the players, and you know when this happens, you've dealt with this. You get asked all the questions, and so they've said all the right things. But you know it's different behind the scenes, and you know when you're in the building or behind closed doors, how when the offense has been sputtering all season to this point like it has. And it has been the crutch of this team and their 2-4 and four start. How tough is it for a player, or is it, to say all the right things, but privately you are you know that, you know, it's not good? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that's how that's the, that's the business, you know, your program to say the right things or else, you know, you get muted otherwise, you know. But, you know that's that's what they got to do. The, the guys in the locker room have to say, you know, what they need to say and stay behind the people that they need to stay behind um, to even be, you know, um, in the same position that they're they're in right now. But you know, I think uh, the reality of the situation, everybody knows that. Everybody knows what it is. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's no, you know, secret. But you know, to what's going on. Um, I think you know, Marcus has had a lot of chances. Uh, you know, I've been with Ryan, and I, I feel like. You know he's going to do a, a great job uh, at demanding, um, you know, greatness from those guys. He's going to show up every day. He's going to lead vocally. You know, he's going to have that that genuine leadership. It's not going to be forced upon him. And you know, um, it just sucks because you know, obviously Marcus is a great guy. Nobody wants any uh, bad things for him. But at that position, you know, you got to be able to to uh, to lead and do it. You know, uh, genuinely, and you got to be able to want want that that leadership. And you know that's what that's what those guys need. You know that's what those guys need. It's a it's a young group of guys on offense. You know they need they need somebody to come in there and and, and demand greatness from them. You know and you know if you not if you aren't giving them um, that, then you know you got to be able to be uh, be vocal and and, and um, you know get that out of your players. We'll touch on what Ryan Tannehill brings to the table in just a moment because obviously you know him firsthand. But just kind of touching a little bit on what you said besides that element because you played with Marcus Mariota and you know what he brings to the table why do you think in your opinion because you've seen it firsthand why do you think through four years and six games it's been the up and down roller coaster ride that everybody's been on why why don't you think it's there's been better production yeah I don't know that's that's a a good question you know like I said you know it's it's a uh, you know he he definitely loves to compete he 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 loves being the quarterback and, and he 
loves being a leader, but you know, in high school and college, you can you can be that uh, that silent leader. But when you get in the league, like you're around grown men, you got to demand greatness from grown men. You gotta they got to be able to you know see that every day and and not just you know um, every now and then. And uh, I think John and and Vrabel and and everybody and Arthur, you know, uh, I think they're they're doing a a great job at bringing guys in to, to do those, you know, to, to make it easy. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the quarterback has to be the leader of the team. Um, he has to be vocal. He can't be uh, forced to be vocal. You know, and I think that's kind of what's, what's hurt Marcus a little bit, you know, is having that chemistry and um, having that genuine chemistry. You know, when I was with Ryan, he used to make us go out there twice a week, you know, in the offseason and go run routes and, and get on the same page and do these things, you know, and, you know, uh, otherwise it was like once a weekend when I was in Tennessee, but you know, not once a weekend, but once in the off season when I was in Tennessee, and that's just like it's hard to it's hard to get chemistry that way, you know. Uh, but you know, I wish I wish nothing but the best for Marcus. I, I'm sure he'll he'll you know he'll uh, pick up in another uh, opportunity and take advantage of that. Hopefully, he can get get this opportunity back. You never know. Like I said, if anything, it should it should uh, spark a a fire underneath him and, and you know make him uh, make the changes that he needs to make. Rashard Matthews, former Titans wide receiver, former Dolphins wide receiver here with us on Darren, Donick, and Chase. So, you know, in, in your experience with Marcus, why do you think he is like that, where he's just this quiet guy and, and he's not going to be the fiery quarterback like we've seen throughout the league? I mean, as you just said, you can be that way in college, but you have to adapt in the NFL. Why do you think that was so difficult for him? Um, I don't think it was difficult. I just think that, you know, it's, some people aren't aren't – you know, they're not meant to do that, you know, and I'm not saying, like, Marcus isn't meant to do that, but, like, you know, I mean, he has that cool, calm, collective personality, you know, uh, which is good, and, and there's nothing wrong against it. It's just he's so respected that nobody wants to keep it real, you know. Everybody's afraid to be real with them, and, you know, um, sometimes I think uh, people are forced in situations to, to kind of baby him along the way, but I think that um, – it's just tough for people to to be um, that real with a, uh, such a respective, cool guy. I mean, he's cool. I mean, you know, you don't want nothing bad. But at the end of the day, you're in this business to win. You know, the guy that, that leads the team is the quarterback. I mean, on all the great teams, you got, you know, a good, great vocal quarterbacks who, uh, who, do, who want the ball in their hand and who demand greatness from their players and who do anything that they need to do to get the chemistry with their players as well. And, uh, you know, I just think, that you know the, the Titans and J. Rob and everybody uh, have have given him a lot, you know, a lot of opportunities, and I guess they just decided to um, to see what what Ryan has. Okay, so let's talk about that. What does Ryan Tannehill bring? Uh, you, you played with him in Miami. You talked a little bit about how he demands a lot out of his his receivers. You know, you know about some of the talent on offense in that locker room for the Titans. It, it's there. Is he going to be the one that's able to pull it all together? Yeah, um, I think he can. I think he will. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's you know in a tough situation with you know coming in now and having to perform and uh, not really getting a full off season with guys. But I think he's going to be able to to um, to do his thing. And, and you know, I mean, they got great receivers in the room. Um, they got great, you know, they got great players around. You know, you just got to get those guys the ball and let them do what they they do. Uh, but but Ryan, you know, he. He, you know, if you if you aren't making plays, he's gonna demand that out of you. You know, he he's not he's not a guy that's just gonna let things slide and just be, you know, 
not not let you have it, you know. Uh, so I think he's going to, like I said, you know, I think he's going to demand that greatness, and that's what you want. That's what they need. And, um, you know, hopefully they can they can pick things up and, and get things uh, reversed so they can have, a, a you know, a great season. How much of it, you know, you being a wide receiver, and we have Derek Mason on our morning show, and I, I've had this conversation with him as he was always one of those receivers that would look at the quarterback saying, I'm open, give me the ball. And I know that you played with, with you know, that, with that chip on your shoulder of, hey, I'm always open. I'm going to try and make the play. How much of it is going to be on guys like Corey Davis that you know and A.J. Brown and some of the other receivers in that room to, yeah. to kind of get a fire going under the quarterback, whether it's Marcus or Ryan Tannehill, and saying, hey, you got to get me the football. I'm open. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot. It's, a, it's, it's just as much on them as it is on everybody else, as it is on Marcus, Ryan, everybody, you know. Uh, they gotta, they gotta make it happen. You know, you can't, you can't talk the talk. You know, without walking the walk, and you could do it. You know, week here, week there, but you gotta be able to be consistent. You gotta be able to, um, you know, that's what I took pride in when I played is just, you know, being able to bring that out of guys at practice um, every day, take care of your body, all the things that play, you know, uh, that fall in place of being good and um, being consistent. You know, those guys gotta, those guys gotta help people out. And uh, I, you know, I think they they will continue to do that. They're still young, but you know that's not an excuse. But um, yeah, the the quarterback, everybody has to do that. And I think they're all uh, working to to all get on the same page and figure that out. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody, but I, I'm sure they're they're figuring it out. Um, I like how they they brought in Vrabel. I, I think he's smart, so um, I'm sure that they're doing what they got to do to to win this week. What do you think about Arthur Smith? Uh, I know he was here as the tight ends coach when you were here, but now the offensive coordinator yeah. is is that. Do you think that goes in the right direction once he once he figures it out and, and has some experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I, jo- I joke around with my family a lot. Like, man, I should have just, you know, I should have just not let my pride get in the way. But uh, because you know, I, I loved Arthur, and I, I think it's great that they made that move. Um, but you know, I, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best, and I and I, I'm pretty sure that it'll it'll continue to get better and better um, as they go. I mean, it's his first year. Hopefully you don't get judged by that, and um, you know. But it's a win. It's a win. It's a uh, you know. What can you do for me now, league? And, and it's a win league. So you know, I hope you know the rest of the season that they continue to go up. Richard, to get your honest opinion, as we try and sift through all of this and figure out what's next. I mean, at this point, you never know. Marcus might get another chance with this team, but at this point, it, it kind of feels like it could be the end, and he could move on. Do you think that he could go somewhere else and in a fresh start for him could spark something or year five it just kind of is what it is? Uh, well, you never know, you know. Um, the NFL, you know, each year, you know, you never know what's going to happen, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, what I can say is that the, the ball is in his, his court, you know. Uh, he knows what he needs to, to work on. Um, hopefully, you know, it, he can get another opportunity, but um, – I think that, you know, it just – he needs to understand if he wants to be in that position as far as, like, being the QB of a fran- – being the franchise QB because a lot goes into that. And he does, he does a lot – he does the majority of what he needs to do, but um, I think it needs to be more genuine and not forced. You know, I think a lot of those people, you know, I, hey, I'm, I'm done playing, so I can keep it real, you know. So I think a lot of those people have to uh, say what they need to say to make people happy. Um, he's been the guy that, that people have babied along the way, and they need to stop doing that, and I think that's what they're doing now. And I think it'll be good for him, you know. Um, he's a positive guy, so he's not going to take this, you know, 
the, the wrong way he's going to learn from this and hopefully he gets another opportunity to, to make strides and do what he needs to do to, to be that franchise QB that you know he can be. Certainly not putting words in your mouth, but it seems like you, when you were talking about Ryan Tannehill, it was a different tone. You, do I, I sense that you feel like uh, with this opportunity he's going to make the most of it? Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so. You know, it, I, you know, I I love my time there. Uh, I wish nothing but the best for everybody in the organization. I mean, I love J. Rob and Amy, and I love the, the addition that they made with Vrabel. Um, I was like, I, I was joking my family again. You know, I'm like, oh man, Ryan never got to really play with the the best of me. Shoot, I'll come out of retirement real quick. But I was just joking <laughs> about that. But uh, I, I hope uh, I hope he does, and I I think he will. You know. Um, Ryan's been waiting for this. He he wanted to be the guy in Miami, you know. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work that way, you know. And he he's waiting to to prove himself again. And I know I know he's ready for it. And um, you know, I hope he can show everybody else that. You missed the game? Are you are you joking? Or are you not joking? You, you would you like to be back, or are you you find I mean, where you if are? They, if I'm there. I definitely feel good. I can still play. Uh, I feel great actually. I just been you know doing baseball stuff, but. Uh, I mean, if they call, which you know, I doubt that's going to happen. But I mean, uh, I think it'll be it'll be uh, cool if that if that could happen. But I'm not really. If it doesn't, I mean, I'm good. You know. Baseball. You what are you doing? Coach pitch. What's what's your role in baseball? I want to hear this. Uh, what, what are you doing? Yeah, man. I'm I'm actually. You know, I, I know some people, so I'm trying to. You know, just get that. <laughs> you know, obviously, baseball is not easy. You don't just pick it up. I've been playing in the Sunday league. Oh, this, really? Uh, this, yeah, yeah, this, this, uh, I don't know how to really, the terminology of it, but it's what's that, everything, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just getting the, the whole, uh, fundamental stuff down, but yeah, I've been, I've been playing in the Sunday league. I've been doing pretty good, um, given that I just started, but hey, you never know, you know, you, you chase what you want to chase and try to uh, make it work, you know. Hopefully I can, but we'll see. If anything, if I can get like a trial for a minus team or something, I'll be just fine with that, you know? Well, call up Tebow, see if he can give you, you know, some numbers or something. Maybe tell you what yeah, to do. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I see this workout, so I'm a little better than him. But we'll see. <laughs> hey, thanks for yeah. doing this. It was good to talk to you again. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with whatever you're going to do. What's what's next? And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road. Yeah, I appreciate y'all for having me. All thanks, right, Richard. Richard. All right. Bye. Former Titans wide receiver and Dolphins receiver Rashard Matthews down in South Florida. We'll come back and close out the hour with some of the things you just heard there next on Darren, Donick, and Chase. Some people aren't, aren't, you know, they're not meant to do that, you know, and I'm not saying like Marcus isn't meant to do that, but like, you know, I mean, he has that cool, calm, collective personality, you know, uh, which is good and, and there's nothing wrong against it. It's just he's so respected that nobody wants to keep it real. You know, everybody's afraid to be real with them. And, you know, um, sometimes I think uh, people are, forced in situations to, to kind of baby him along the way. But I think that um, it's just tough for people to, to be um, that real with a, uh, such a respective, cool guy. I mean, he's cool. I mean, you know, you don't want nothing bad. But at the end of the day, you're in his business to win. That was Rashard Matthews, our conversation with him, former Titans and Dolphins receiver. He was originally drafted by the Dolphins, spent – Good portion of his career with Ryan Tannehill and a good portion of his career with Marcus Mariota, weighing in on both quarterback situations. Um, just reading the room, I could definitely tell that um, he was a little. It was a lot more glowing about Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, um, and it was very clear that 
he questions and something that's been you know it's been brought up many many times on the show he's he's questioning the leadership ability or lack of for Marcus Mariota basically you know we've heard this from the head coach by the way right okay this is not anything new for anybody out there listening and uh, people on Twitter this is the head coach Mike Vrabel has questioned if you remember us going back to him saying he wants more of a vocal guy he wants more it, it's tough at this level, and everybody leads differently. And you don't have to be a Tom Brady. You don't have to be a Phillip Rivers, okay? You don't have to be like that. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there are certain quarterbacks that will absolutely get after it. And quite honestly, most of the elite ones do. Can you think, can you give me, I mean, Drew Brees, but he, he's got fire, man. Maybe not to the level of them, but if, you know, there are different levels of right, fire it's a that different, you can go right, to. Right, it's a different level. Uh, and what I took out of that is Richard Matthews is saying that Mariota's been babied along the way. Yep. He's been forced to be a leader, which is not comfortable for him. Not natural. It's not natural. And that's, you know, at this level, at that position, you, you are the lead. You have to be, right? right. You, can't, you, you can't get around that. And it it just seemed like he was saying basically his makeup is what we all know. He's cool, he's calm, he's a collected guy, hang loose, you know, Hawaii, you know, just that that whole mentality, right? Hey, man, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's not. But he's saying, and look, everybody prefers something. Everybody's got their own style, right, of what it works. You know, we've had how many calls of why does this coach, you know, why don't they do this? And it's like, well, you know, one style isn't better. Than, everybody's got their own way of going about things. But it seemed very clear through that interview that Richard would like somebody to have a more take-charge approach. And you know, right. there's nothing wrong with that. I think mo- a lot of people would, right? But that's just not who Marcus is. That's not who he's ever going to be. Like, he's never going to change and be different. Like, his personality and the way he goes about his business – that's what he is. Right. And it's hard for some people. I mean, look, you, you've known me a long time, and I've changed a lot since I first started because I've had to. I mean, it's a part of growing in any type of career, but especially this business. But I am who I am. I, I've never changed who I am. And I'm one of those, like, you know, I, I lead by example, but I'm not going to bust in a room and just, you know, start yelling at everybody and, you know, rallying, rah, rah, rah. That's just not me. That's not my makeup. And- but, but I think in just kind of op- pulling the curtain back and sure. letting people listening know a little bit about our relationship, I've also probably taught you that, yes, you don't you don't need to do that. Right. You don't need to flip tables. You don't need to. But it also is a dog-eat-dog world, whether it's this business or a whole lot of other jobs out there that people are in listening right now, and it's definitely no different in the NFL. And you have to be able to stand up, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to take charge with certain things. You have to, or you get gobbled up, you get chewed up, and you get spit out. That's how it works. It works in this world, it works in the NFL world, and it works in a lot of people's jobs out there listening right now. There's times when you have to stand up, and you have to take charge of a situation, or you get chewed up, and you get spit out and probably into the trash can. 
right? Yeah. That's how. That's what is that fair to say? That's you've, fair. Because you've learned that because you're right, but you have to do it the right way. Like, and where I was going with it too is, you know, Richard used the word babied, and I think it's some. There have been points in time where it's been apparent that that's what's happened with Marcus, and that. You know, the, the organization, they, they wanted it to work, and they've made him the, the face. You can't just put somebody on the side of a building and say, that's the face of the franchise. That's who that's the jersey you need to buy. That's, the, that's who you need to look to. That's the leader. That's the guy. You know, they have Steve and Eddie that they just retired their numbers on the end of the stadium. That They didn't have to be put up because they didn't have a stadium when they first got here. They didn't have a home. But people knew that the faces of the franchise – were number nine Steve McNair and number twenty seven Eddie George because of how they led in the locker room. How many times have you sat in the studio and heard Derek Mason tell a story about those two guys? And oh, by the way, Derek was a leader in his own right. But tell a story about those two guys commanding a locker room that Steve was very quiet and you know he'd go off by himself and take his naps, but everybody knew who the big dog was. There was no question. And there has been a question for five years of who the face and the leader of that team is. And everybody wanted it to be eight, but you can't force it. And that's what they've tried to do, and it now it's just not working. It's it's come to a head where they have to make a change. We'll come back, kick off the third hour with silly underdog picks. That's next on ESPN 1025, the game.